0: On today's Friday Fire, we talk about the concept of having a plan. So many of us get a little desperate with what we want to work and how fast we want it to work that we dive into extreme protocols, calorie deficits, removing carbs, maybe meal plans that are really, really low calorie and not sustainable without any idea of how we're going to get out of it. And so when you approach your health, we discuss today how you can start to develop a better plan. Live your life within the moment,
1: moment. And don't go wait until the morning, morning, you
0: never know when it is over, over. All that I know is... Happy Friday, everyone. It's my brother's birthday too. Oh, yeah? hmm I had to start putting all of my siblings' birthdays in the calendar and significant others because I forget.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know when their significant others are. Yeah. I think I know my sister-in-law because she's close to art. I don't really know.
0: Yeah. I had to start including them. There's just so many. I forgot my sister. And all their kids. And like, so I love bad. them lots, but like, I'm sorry. I don't remember my sister's daughter's birthday. Yeah. Actually, I do. I think hers is September 1st. That's why I remember that one. But like, I, dude. I well, barely... then you kind of feel
1: like a jerk if you remember some and not others. I know. Because then it looks like you don't care about them.
0: I know the month that they're in. Does that count? <laughs> I can give you the month. We just need everybody to have that. like The, the Facebook thing is really how I remember most yes. things. Yes, and if someone doesn't have it on Facebook, I'm sorry. I'm probably not going to remember your birthday.
1: I, I don't check Facebook really much anymore. I we message on
0: there, but like yes. I don't. That's mainly why I use it is to message Liz and look back at memories of Taylor and Carson. Yeah.
1: Oh, God. I had some memories pop up from college the other day, and I was like, what was going on with my hair? It was like super blonde, but like brassy. It was like not a cute, not a cute color. I don't know. Horrible. I think it was like something related to the Halloween that popped up this past weekend, like a Halloween party.
0: I keep wondering if Taylor's hair is going to get lighter because her hair is kind of brown. But and Nick, mine is, is, Nick is dark. Yeah. Nick has darker hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Carson's still pretty blonde. Mm-hmm. He definitely has my hair. Taylor's hair is, like, so fine and slippery. I can not do... I put hairspray in it for our photos on Saturday. She's so... They're so funny.
1: Marcus doesn't hold, like, the hairspray or the... We have, like, a wax that we did for his um, pictures. Like, it doesn't hold. It doesn't stay.
0: Yeah. Carson's is okay, but he has, like, some... You know, if I try to do, like, this sweep over, Mm -hmm. he has some hairs that just will not go and, like, stick the other direction. So then I... Yeah. It is just, his hair is very coarse like mine. Mm. So it's a little bit harder to style. And he doesn't really like putting gel in his hair because he also doesn't like washing his hair. Oh God, the same with Marcus. The sensoriness of it is just, I think all kid, most kids don't really like getting water poured on their head, but it is a battle every yeah. night. With Taylor likes the bath. She's bath time, bath, and then she goes and climbs in and plays in the bath. But Taylor also tortures Carson. <laughs> My poor son gets... Beat up by my daughter, like constantly trauma. Well, Taylor's also just like a brat sometimes. Like the other night, she had a whole bag of toys, like of course, little random toys. Dumped them out on the ground and goes ha ha, and like walked away. I was like, what is wrong with you? Like there is zero remorse. We have a spray bottle, and in the bath, she just kept spraying Carson in the face, and he was crying and yelling and like, Mom, Taylor won't stop, and she's just laughing, and I'm like, I am worried. About you as a human.
1: So our friends were telling us this weekend, I don't know which side of the family it was on, but basically a little boy like went to school and you know somebody was bullying him. And so the sibling came up and just like punched the kid in the face. <laughs> I'm like,
0: I mean, that's legit. You're just defending him. <laughs> I tell but, them. I tell them they are each other's protection. Yeah. Like I would rather them team up against us. Then go against each other. Yeah. So I try to instill that in them. Well, I guess um, you know the parents ended
1: up talking, and I'm like, I think that's good for the parents to talk because if there's somebody bullying my kid, and if it was so sad though, the the parent, the dad that called, was like, I'm really sorry, my child is an asshole. We're going through a divorce right now. He doesn't have it easy at home, and he's very angry and taking it out on. But he's basically like he's acting like an asshole, you know. And so he's like, I'm really sorry that he hit. Or whatever he was doing that then ensued this other
0: kid to come and punch him, so we watched Bad Dads mm-hmm. on Netflix. Did you watch it? I don't we haven't watched it yet, but we've so seen it was so basically the a big concept of the movie is that, like the dads that are older are like the more conservative mindset, and then there's a bunch of young woke parents, and the movie made Nick and I so angry in so many ways in terms of like just how and and I think they intentionally did it in terms of how woke the thought processes were. But for example, there was a little boy, he was like five years old, and the mom was all about like letting him express himself and not disciplining him. Oh, okay. And so one of the moms was pregnant and he comes running up behind her and like knocks into her and she was like, you need to be careful. Like Auntie Leah's pregnant. And he goes, pregnant and punches her in the stomach. And she goes, You cannot do that. You cannot punch people in the stomach when they're pregnant. And the mom goes, Don't yell at my kid. She was like, he is five. He should know better. Oh and it was like this. And she basically like didn't think that he did anything wrong. And that it and it was just there was a lot of that. And like, you know, expressing your feelings. And I mean,
1: I'm definitely not going to discipline another child, but I am going to use my motherly stern voice and common
0: sense. Oh, absolutely. And I've I've had to like the hard thing is we have I I uh I volunteer at church and in my class is mostly three and four year olds. Mm. So it's hard, right? Because I'm not trying, like, I don't want to discipline another kid's child, but also I feel like that's part of partially a purpose of like a teacher. Right. Is to like help them understand what is right and wrong. Right. Right. And I try to do that in the best way possible without pushing my opinions on people. But well, I think
1: that your parents are going to, the parents at church are going to be a lot different than yeah,
0: maybe true other places. But. True. But like, we're all watching a sh- a, like the video, the teaching video. And there's one kid that just keeps talking and bringing toys over and like trying to talk to the other kids that are watching it. And I'm like, I'm going to take away the toys if you can't stop, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and I feel, I'm like, I feel like I shouldn't be doing this because I'm a volunteer. And like, I, but <laughs> I don't know. I just, I think that, as a whole, I am very worried for the society that our children are growing up from. Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Like, and so I I am very much so not afraid to give my children certain thought processes Mm -hmm. that I feel are right. Yeah. Because I don't want them to be influenced by ones that I don't agree with. Right. Well, and
1: I think that there are certain things that are being taught in our schools right now that have no right to be taught in the schools. Yeah it's a parent's job to do those things. But yeah. anyways, that's why we have a plan because we're responsible <laughs> parents and uh-huh. you know, we have a, I have a plan for Marcus. If we, you know, Art and I we talking about the reality of us getting out of Illinois, how long that's going to take. Okay. So what's the next step after, you know, this particular school, what's yep. that going to look like? We yep. have to have a plan because we're not just going to, you know, wing it. Thankfully we have a lot of private schools around us and yeah. a lot of good people in our neighborhood that have a lot of kids in private schools too. But, <laughs> um, Yeah. I mean, it is a scary, it's scary times across the board. Scary, scary times. So that's why
0: we're going to just keep practicing and going to the gun range. Mm -hmm. Oh, I bought a lot of um, survival things the other week. I went on a little bit of a shopping spree on Amazon, but I think that (laughs) because you had a conversation with art. (laughs) No, no, actually one of my friends uh, is ex military. Okay. And I, he posted something and I commented on it and we got to talking and um he was like, you know, everyone thought I was crazy for a really long time and now everyone's coming to me for advice. Um, and so he just gave me like a list of things that he thinks are necessary. Um, so I bought a fire starting kit. I bought water purification tablets. Um, I bought a compass, which we didn't own. Um, what else did I get? I got a few other things. Um, but you know, 150 bucks on Amazon. I think they're all things that are good to have in my, in my possession. Yeah. Uh, and then yes, Nick and I have private shooting lessons and yeah, just because I think in general, like a big part of why this country is still free is our ability to defend ourselves as citizens,
1: which is dwindling, very, which is dwindling. Very. And
0: so I'm trying to make that as strong as possible. Um, yeah. because I'll be honest, like I'm going to defend my family at all costs, mm-hmm.
1: i yeah. Well, anything you just look around at, like what's happening, you know, my heart breaks. Actually, somebody who used to come to our gym posted that her best friend's husband was one of the victims in the main shooting at the alley. Oh, my alley. God. And she's due with her third child in <gasps> December. They have two other little <sighs> kids. Um, And so, you know, I just think it's, you just, you don't know what is happening around you. And that's why, you know, it's important to be on alert to watch your surroundings, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because it can happen. Look what's happening in other, you know, countries where people are just getting laid out of the park, you know, and it's, it's really scary. Like if you're there by yourself, like you need to be able to have some sort of defense and Mm -hmm. everybody can differ on that. And you could, you know, say, well, gun control, this and that, here's the thing. It's not the people that have concealed carry licenses that are going out and doing these things. It's people
0: that maybe don't have, yeah, and you know, have that, and have a mental illness, well, or get it's their the hands mental, on yeah. it. You know. I think a lot of it is mental, emotional, and that so. is also a big, a big problem in our yeah. in our society. So, anyways, off on that tangent. Um, <laughs> so, we wanted to talk today around the lack of a plan that we see get so many people into a really bad place. And you know, I'll, I'll use a couple of stories to begin to kind of give the concept. So there is a a friend of mine or a client of mine that has a friend that was on Ozempic and was seeing, you know, great results per se. Uh lost over a hundred pounds on it. But here's some facts. Her A1C did not change. So your A1C is basically your average blood glucose level across the past three months. And so if you are improving blood sugars by improving other lifestyle habits, your A1C should improve. That is a marker for health. So you were be- she, she was essentially losing a lot of weight, but the, the underlying health was not improving. And then her insurance stopped covering it. And so she had to come off of it. She has since, in a short amount of time, gained 25 pounds back. Another... I wouldn't say even single example, many examples at Fit Mom, we have had, I would say, over a handful of clients come to us that have done Optavia in the past, that have that, that saw great results while they were on it and then stopped it or, you know, even didn't stop it, but things stopped working while on it and gained considerable amounts of weight back along with other issues and symptoms and, you know, dysfunction that came along with it. And so as you can see in those couple of stories, without the plan of what to do after, of how to get out of things, of how to transition to different things, you end up up shits creek without a paddle. You end up in a place where, okay, what was working isn't working anymore, and I don't know where to go from here. I don't know what to do after I'm, you know, can't eat eleven hundred calories of packaged foods anymore. I don't know what to do when I don't have this medication fixing things for me anymore. I don't know what to do when keto stops working for my weight loss and I start introducing carbs again and now I'm gaining weight rapidly. Yep.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's not that everything <laughs> is bad, right, in terms of like keto, carnivore, maybe doing a calorie deficit, maybe you or somebody who was doing intermittent fasting. It's not that any of those things are bad. It's that you've got to know – how to do it correctly and how to come out of those, you know, again correctly. Because you could look at Ozempic or Semaglutide. You could look at Weight Watchers, Octavia, any of these other like done for you programs, and you could look at let's eat Whole30. You guys, yeah. Beck and I have talked about the Whole30 before, like <laughs> day thirty one. I just negated everything I did in the last 30 days because I just went out and went ham, right? And so it, it's not to say that there's one particular thing here that we're demonizing. It's that most people will do something for a short amount of time or they're very short-sighted with their you know, actions like just to achieve this result. When they get that result, done. Well, what we have to remember is that the same process that it takes to lose weight is the same process that it requires to maintain that weight loss. And that is managing the amount of calories that you're taking in compared to the amount of calories that you're burning, making sure that you're sleeping, making sure that your blood sugars are balanced, right? That you have good quality food, that you're not just filling this with 100 calorie snack packs the way that I did in college, because I lost the 40 pounds and then I gained the 50 back. And that sucked, right? Because it's almost like with any of these... You aren't paying attention to the underlying foundational pieces that led you to that weight gain in the beginning. And so it's how do I get this off as fast as possible? And we don't think about the repercussions because there's a cost to everything. There's a cost to calorie deficits. Okay. And so I think what it's important to know is if you're working with somebody, like I know that there are coaches for Ozempic, or not Ozempic, excuse me, um, Octavia, which by the way, they're not. Practitioners, they're not certified, most of them, and people are going to listen to this and probably get their panties in a bundle. But the reality is, it's just like a beach body coach. Okay. You're taught a little bit of information about foundational pieces to help people go through challenges. That's an accountability partner. Mm -hmm. That is not a coach. That is not a practitioner. That is not a certified nutritionist. It's just not, unless maybe you had that on the side and then you decided to join one of these bigger MLM companies. There is a very big difference there. So if you have an accountability partner that's helping you with some of these habits and all that stuff, that's great. But then how do you walk out of this in a place that gets you back to vacation and living a normal life and being able to eat and do all of these things without regaining weight, right? Because that's what my thought process is. In five years from now, am I doing this on vacation? Yes or no? And the answer is no, okay, well then how do I get myself from maybe a short-term, intentional, like focused, dialed-in season back to that lifestyle season so that that answer can become yes? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I'm all about like, go on vacation and enjoy. I don't think that you should have to be sitting there counting your calories and bringing your you know, processed bars with you everywhere that you go and saying, well, I can only eat one small salad with a little bit of grilled chicken. Like that's not a way to live.
0: Yeah, and, and I think where a lot of this starts unfortunately is people value an intensity over consistency so they get to a place where you know i have to change things right now i feel horrible something has to change something has to shift and then they go to these really intense plans they go to fasting or keto or slashing of calories or you know whatever it might be and then they're in it maybe it works for a little bit or maybe it gets too hard Or maybe, you know, you just get sick of it and then you stop and then you go through a place where you gain a bunch of weight back or you end up with symptoms coming back or whatever it might be. And so it always comes back to the fact that we don't ever think long term when it comes to our health in most scenarios. People love the sexy, let me go really, really hard for 30 days and if it doesn't get me to where I want to be, well, then I'm just going to go back to my old lifestyle because screw it. Right? You guys, consistency wins every damn time. We talked about this yesterday on our apprentice call. Like, you can do five workouts in a week. Two or three of them might be really shitty. But guess what? Doing that every week versus going ham for a week, a month straight, and then stopping for two months, those crappy workouts, as long as you're getting through them every week, And they're occasional and not like every single one. Then you need to dive into what's going on. But as long as you're getting through them, consistency will always win. It will always win. And so we have to get away from that short-term mindset of like, what can get me there the fastest? No. What's going to change your life? You have to change as a person. You have to change your identity in 99% of scenarios, unless the person has already gotten there and they're just you know working on continuing to improve their health. But in most scenarios, people think about situations and programs and diets and all of this as like, I just got to get through it. I just, I just got to get through the next 30 days or 60 days or even six months and then, I'll, then I'll, everything will be fine. No, you have to get through changing yourself as a person because you are likely the reason that you ended up where you are. Maybe some external factors, but for the most part, it's probably you. It's probably your lifestyle. It's probably maybe choices you've made over time, exposure to things, what, all that combination. And in turn, you're in a place where you have to have an identity shift. This is not a, I'm gonna follow this diet for 30 days. This is a, I'm gonna change my choices and my actions and my habits and probably who I hang around with maybe to an extent so that I can change my life. The intensity ain't going to get you there. You might have bouts of intensity. You might have to have periods of giving things up and that's hard restriction. But a lot of times you have to give things up to make room for better things. So getting away from that, I'm just going to follow this really hard thing for 30 days you might need to follow a really hard thing for a lot longer, first of all. And in that process, you have to have the perspective shift that I'm not going back to that person.
1: Yeah. And I think I liken this to, you know, when we think about some of those memes that you would see, you know, if I lost (coughs) a half a pound every week for a year, I've lost 26 pounds. Right. And For me, looking at the extreme of the Weight Watchers that I did in the past and then regaining all of it back and then having to lose it all again, I would much rather make a decision as I've done in my past to become a different person and I would rather have the weight loss be slower but be something that I can then sustain and maintain. So like I think about where I was post-college, over 200 pounds and even through pregnancy and postpartum, getting back to a place where I still kept that 50 pounds off and then now, okay, in a different season, let's go after, you know, a little bit more. And that's fine. But if you're somebody who's yo-yoing back and forth, like you really have to look at that long game. Like I don't want to do that again. I don't want to lose 40, regain 50, because a lot of people create that cycle over and over and over. And then guess what happens? It stops working. Mm -hmm. And then you're in a situation where you're like, oh, well, I'll resort to this because what worked in the past now doesn't work. So then you go to more extremes, and then more detrimental things, you know, that are going to be essentially damaging to your health. The amount of people that we've had come into our program after very, very restrictive, highly processed diets with nutritional deficiencies, gut issues, digestion, um, you know, slow motility, a lot of inflammation, a lot of cardiovascular issues. It's probably damn near seventy percent of our clients, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's this. Again, we, we want this instant gratification. And so we forget what that is going to do in five years from now, because right now is all that really matters. I just got to get the weight off right now because I'm so unhappy with myself. Okay. Well, how did you get yourself to that place? That's the bigger question to ask. And how can I prevent myself from getting back to this place? Because you're going to build a lot more confidence in yourself. If you can, make a decision and then start showing up and being consistent because you know that you're doing the work. You know that you're doing the things instead of maybe taking the shortcut. And a lot of people will use some of these things as like a jump start, but they never when they finish that jump start, know where to go from there because they have no plan to get out of it. They have no plan then, okay, am I going to reverse diet? What does that look like? What happens if the weight starts coming back on? Do I then just slash my calories again? Do I live off of this forever? Do I deal with the fatigue? Do I deal with the digestive issues, the hormonal imbalances that are all of a sudden ensuing because I haven't given my body nourishment? Those are all questions to ask. And again, I think for short periods of time, you could do anything and probably get some you know, pretty good results depending upon where you're starting from. But the question is not what's going to happen in the short term. The question is
0: what's going to happen in the long term. Yeah. And I think as a whole, you have to be ready mentally. And I think a one way that I know after talking to many, many clients, and I'm sure Liz feels the same way, the people that I know are ready to make that change are people that are in a place mentally that I just need to feel better. I need to feel better. I need to be here for my kids. I want better health. It's not the people in general that are like, I just have to lose the, this weight. I have to get it off my... Like, they are it, it, That mindset is going to be very challenging to be able to focus long-term on health changes. And so if you are someone that is in that place, start focusing more on what other symptoms are going on. If you are dealing with weight issues, it's likely not just a weight issue. I can promise you, you have other symptoms, even if you aren't noticing them. There are other things that are causing the weight to be an issue. And like Liz was saying, a lot of people that we work with are people that have come from very restrictive, crazy protocols. I'll take a person that eats like crap all day long, and that is easier to fix. That is much easier to fix. Someone that eats a lot but eats maybe not great quality, easy. Easy fix in most cases. The problem are people that undernourish their body, that go through periods of extreme restriction and calorie restriction that have, you know, probably done lots of other protocols and maybe created more issues in the process. Those are harder cases. That the person that eats usually much easier to fix. So, when you're thinking about your situation, really ask yourself, like what am I constantly focusing on? What is the biggest pain point to me? Because if all you focus on is the weight, it's probably a bigger picture that you need to start finding of your true health. And what's impacting that in your current lifestyle or in your current diet or stress or whatever it might be. Because if all you can focus on is the weight, it's going to be a really, really hard journey for you to get through when that's all you see.